14 through 23 is where we're going to start at today, Daniel chapter 2, verses 14 through 23. I told Pastor Adam on Wednesday, uh, he messaged me after the Wednesday service, I said, I just can't wait to have people in front of me when I minister. So this is going to be fun. I told him, if somebody shouts amen, I'm going to get scared. <laughs> Normally it's just Brother James down here, and he gives me a little wave every once in a while. Daniel chapter 2, verses 14 through 23. The Bible says, Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was going forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time, and he would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to the house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of, the, of God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he, might, that, sorry, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removeth kings, setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Verse 22. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, that thou hast given me wisdom and might, and thou hast made unto me known now what we desire of thee. For thou hast now made known unto this king's matter. Today we're going to talk about God is in control. How many believes that today? That God is in ultimate control. I don't know about you, but uh, I've dreamed some pretty crazy, frightening Weird dreams. Have I ever been there before? I know what I'm talking about today. I've dreamed dreams where I won the championship. I've dreamed dreams uh, where I lost to the weakest opponent and was embarrassed. I've preached messages and dreams that, man, the whole house was just full and people were screaming and shouting. And I dreamed one recently where I was in my sweatpants and t-shirt trying to figure out what was going on. I've had dreams where I was the hero, dreams where I felt like I'm getting ready to go to jail. My career's over. My kids are going to grow up without a dad. Wake up all to know it was just a dream. And the biggest one of them all, I'm sure we've all had the falling off the mountain, falling off the cliff and thinking, oh, it's over. Feel it. And all of a sudden you wake up and you realize, hey, I'm still alive in my comfy bed. We all have dreams. Dreams can mean significant things like they did for Nebuchadnezzar. Or sometimes they're just wacky dreams that says you ate Taco Bell too late at night. Amen. According to psychology today, although people often think that the brain is shut down during sleep, researchers know that sleep is a period of intense neurological activity. Feels like you get a whole lot accomplished in your sleep sometimes. Sometimes you wake up and think, I need a nap after all that. That was rough. While not all dreams have significance or spiritual meaning, some do. Sometimes God speaks to us in dreams because we cannot hear Him while we're awake. He did that for Jacob. He did it for Joseph in Genesis and for Mary and Joseph and Matthew. 
Job wrote in chapter 33, verses 14 through 16, For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when sleep, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instructions. Job says, listen, it doesn't matter how he's going to get your attention. God is going to eventually get your attention one way or another. Maybe our dreams are from God. Maybe they're not. But it's important to take those dreams to God in prayer. If God gives you a dream uh, and you think it's worth something, you think it's God speaking to you, then pray about it. Talk to God about it. Ask Him, God, what does this mean? Is this significant? Is it not significant? As we begin to look into this message more, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. We know Nebuchadnezzar was a great king in Babylon and had a, had a dream that just confused him and something that just was really perplexing. His wise men could not interpret this dream. The climate in the palace of Babylon suddenly shifted because Nebuchadnezzar was so perplexed and so upset about the dream that he could not find the meaning to. Biblical texts show that he, the, they use the word dreamed dreams. So it suggests that he dreamed this dream multiple times. Over and over, waking up thinking, what in the world is happening? What am I supposed to receive? See, other times these wise men were be able to interpret these dreams and, and give the, man, uh, the king comfort. Basically, I'm going to give you an interpretation, and, and the king accepted those interpretations, and he was fine. But this one, the wise men did not know. It's important to understand the position that these wise men were in at the time. They were given the best deal around. You interpret the dream, and you'll be famous. I'll lift you up in the kingdom, and I'll give you all the fame and glory and riches. If you don't, you and your family's going to die. Talk about some serious options, some serious uh, stakes at hand. If I don't interpret this right, it not only affects me, but everybody around me. And if you notice as we read the scripture, when Daniel was given the opportunity the four men prayed and said, let us not be like the wise men. Deliver us from death like the, so, we don't, so we're not like the wise men. So it goes to show that the wise men failed. And they were put to death. So now Daniel was holding in his hand an opportunity to be able to speak to the king. This is his opportunity to speak to the king. Sometimes we get put in positions that we don't like to. And it's just God giving you opportunity to speak to somebody you never would have spoken to before. Got to be understanding. As humans, we always feel like we're right. I erased especially women when I was typing this. Because I remember my wife was out here now and not in the Sunday school classroom. So I erased that part. But as humans, we always think we're right. How many times do we hear people argue? And as you're sitting on the outside looking in, you realize that they're both making the same point. But they're both saying it in a different way. And they're both arguing about the same point that they agree on. But we just want to argue. Because man, we got to be right. i got to have everything right. As humans, we have a strong desire to make sure that we always have the right answer. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. On his worst days, he's still better than us in every aspect. So we get to this place and uh, Arioch, the king's guard, comes to Daniel and says, Hey, listen, uh, we need you. 
And this is an important thing. I think you can help us out with this, and this is an important thing. And uh, Daniel says, hey, you know, what's going on? Tell me about it. And he asks, he says, why in the world is this so important? Why, why do we have to make haste of this? So, of course, Ariok's saying, hey, listen, people are dying right now because the king's not happy, because the king can't figure this out. So if you want to make it out, make it through this night, you might want to figure out what's going on. Daniel does something that's very wise and a lesson that we can all learn. Daniel approaches the king and says, before I make a decision, before I speak to you, I want time. That's what he says. He knew the risk of going to the king and telling him that. But he says, listen, before I tell you this thing, I need time. I want to take a step back. I want to listen to it. I want to survey it. And I want to pray about it. You imagine the things that we could avoid if we take time before reacting or before speaking. Listen, very quickly, we could change the narrative of some things in our lives if we would take a step back and get all the information first. Take the step back and look from everybody's side and say, okay, why are we like this? Why are we needing this? I've learned as a leader, I will sit in my office and I just let the person talk. I don't interrupt. I don't try to compete with them. I let them unload and unleash until they kind of look at me with a weird face saying, are you going to respond? I'll be, are you done now? Because before I can address it, I've got to know all the pieces. I've got to know everything that's going on. And as Christians, we have to do that. Our Facebook posts and our Twitter posts. We've got to make sure we know the whole story before we go and make ourselves look silly. Come on, it's real life right now. we got to make sure that we're giving an example that when people connect you to this church, they're like, man, that's some place I want to be. Because if not, I've, in my mind, I've said this about a lot of people at a lot of churches, boy, they're ignorant. Right? They, they just don't get it. They don't understand there's more than just them in this world. And sometimes we've got to open ourselves up so we can minister. Sometimes we have to open ourselves up so we can connect with people. People have opinions because of what they went through. And if you didn't go through what they went through, your opinions aren't going to be the same. And guess what? That's okay. It's okay to have differing opinions. But what is not okay is for you to downgrade somebody. I wasn't in my notes. That was for free today. But we got to make sure we're careful. Because when we begin to send things out and be like, hey, come to my church, come here. We want people to say, oh, yes, that's a church I want to be around. Not, oh, no, I don't want to be around those people. And what we put out there makes that determination for people. Make sure you're careful. Daniel wanted to make sure he fully understood the situation before reacting. He wanted to make sure he could, could uh, fully consume it. But what he also wanted to do was go before the Lord in prayer. Because there are some times that on the surface level, we think we know the answer, but it's so much deeper than what we can give. We think we know the answer, but God's saying, no, 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 you need to look a little bit deeper. You need to look a little bit higher than your own thoughts and your own ways and your own opinions. You need to be thinking like I think. Right? And if we never take that before God in prayer, we'll never get those revelations. And we miss out on deep things that God has for us. Not only did Daniel take his time, but he took the issue to God. Together the four Hebrew boys begin to pray and intercede together before God. 
Not just one of them. Not just a couple of them. They didn't go to Daniel and say, hey, buddy, this is your thing. You go figure this out and let us know if we're going to live or die. But they said, no, this affects all of us. We're all going to collectively come together with one mind, one accord, and we're going to pray about it. you imagine what happens when we do that? Can you imagine what happens in heaven when we put some things aside and say, you know what? There's a situation that needs prayed on. Let's come together. I know you have your own issues, and I know I have my own issues, and that person has their own issues, but we're going to put all those things aside, and we're going to focus on one thing. We're going to focus on this one need. Because they understood the magnitude of this one prayer and what doors it could open for them. Imagine having access to the king, having the king's ear in this moment, proving that you serve the almighty God. Well, all these other gods and people failed. So they begin to pray, and they prayed. Some believe they prayed and they went to sleep. Others believe that they interceded the entire night until God came in and gave Daniel the vision that he needed to have during this time. Nevertheless, no matter what happens, this lets us know that when we come together in a unified prayer, God always shows up and God always answers. God always answers when His people come together. Think about the book of Acts. Several times we have instances where people came together and they prayed and great things happened. The church was birthed because people said, I'm putting all of our differences aside and we're going to have a prayer meeting together. The Lord was very specific. He goes, you need to go pray for the comforter. This is what you need to go pray for. Pray for the comforter. At that time they had no clue what they were praying for. Speaking in tongues in that moment would have been foreign to them. They were praying for something that was bigger than they were. But yet they still prayed for it. They were praying for answers that they did not have, but they still prayed. They were praying for results that they didn't know what it was going to be, but they still prayed. Because unity prayer works. Acts chapter 4, verse 31 through 34 is another instance in the book of Acts. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody there that unified together one mind and one accord, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. You want to know how you start a revival? Prayer means you want to start a revival. Do you imagine what happens if we all get together and we all pray? Four men got together and look what they were able to do in this nation. Imagine what would happen if a hundred of us, 120 of us, 150 of us came together and we said we want change. Come on, we want change in this world. We want things to be different. We want things to be better. We want revival in our families. We want revival in this community. Come on, pray together. Pray together. When we come into church, we can't just sit back and say, okay, pastor, take us into it. But we've got to be together and say, pastor, we're behind you. We see your vision. We see what God showed you. Now we're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. We're going to work together. Verse 32, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. And neither said any of them that the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. One common, man, we just want revival. It's not, man, God, I pray that you would let my ministry grow like it's never grown before. Let me minister to people I've never met. No, he says, listen, God, whoever needs to go minister, send them to go minister. Whoever needs to play the piano, let them play the piano. 
Whoever needs to teach Sunday school, let them teach Sunday. God, whoever needs to preach that Sunday, let them preach that Sunday. Why? Because the goal is a revival. The goal is an experience to get everybody into the kingdom of heaven. No big eyes or little use in this moment. Says, hey, if it's my turn to preach, we'll preach. If it's not, that's okay. We're going to support him. We're going to pray for him. Look at number 30, uh, verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. Come on. Neither was any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessions of lands or houses sold them and brought the pieces of the things that were sold together. We're going to bring it together. One mind, one accord. We're going to accomplish something today. The place was shaken where they were assembled. It showed everybody there that God was moving. It showed everybody there that God was entering the house. The second thing we can learn is they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and boldly spoke the word of God. They were all unified, one heart, one soul. The apostles gave powerful witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hey, I was there. I saw it. You may not have witnessed it, but let me tell you, it was real. It was true. We overcome by the word of our testimonies. Let me tell you about how, what God did for me. And we need somebody else to step up. Hey, sister, I know you're struggling right now, but let me tell you what God did for me. Come on, that's what happens when we all come together and say, oh, you're not in this alone. God did it for me. He's going to do it for you. He's no respecter of person. God's in control today. Great grace is upon all of them. Everyone received blessings from the prayer meeting. They went in. They weren't expecting a blessing. That, they didn't go in saying, hey, God bless me. God give me this. God give me that. But the byproducts of a prayer meeting was a blessing. Come on, our mind frames that we go in and we come into the house of God makes a difference. When I come in and say, God, I'm just going to give everything to you. I'm going to be the giver today. Come on. I'm going to be a giver in my worship. I'm going to be a giver in my praise. I'm going to be a giver to others. I'm going to pray for others. All of a sudden, when you get in that mindset, man, God begins to pour it on you. Come on, God begins to pour it on you when you begin to think, you know what, I'm not going to worry about my own things. I'm not going to be a receiver. I'm not going to be an asker. I'm simply going to be a giver in this moment. I'm simply going to come together, one mind and one accord, and see what God does. Everyone received their blessing. It's beautiful. God revealed the secret to Nebuchadnezzar. His dream to Daniel in a night vision. Their joint prayers to God had worked and brought to light the answer to the king's dream. Daniel, in that moment, his response was not, oh, let me go tell the king. His response was, oh, look how great I am. His response was, oh, I must be better because I got it and you guys didn't. His response was, oh, God, I'm going to worship you. God, I'm going to thank you for it. Why? Because Daniel understood in that moment that it was nothing he did. It was not his power. It was not his might. It was not his education. It was not his name. But it was God that in that moment allowed him to be a vessel and a tool to speak through. And to Daniel, that meant the world to him. God, you're allowing me to be a vessel. God, you're allowing me to be an instrument. God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for allowing and looking down on me and saying, you know what? I trust you, Daniel, in this moment to give a, a, a message to the king. Come on, we read this story 
and we think, oh, it's just a king. But you got to understand in those days, if the king didn't like what you had to say, he could take you out. It's over. Nobody could question it. Nobody could help you. Daniel understood the weight in the message he was getting ready to bring. Either I'm going to change Babylon and we're going to have a revival or I'm not going to make it out alive. But he said, God, thank you for giving me this opportunity to minister. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to bless people. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to let people know who you are. Even if it's uncomfortable. Even if it takes me out of my comfort zone. Even if it's something I don't really want to do in this moment. God, thank you for letting me be a part of it. Something bigger than I am. Ah, man. Through a prayer, through a night of intercession, God began to put some things into motion. Daniel had no idea what was getting put into motion at this moment. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8 says, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And he that knocketh, it shall be opened. Come on, if you'll do something on your end, God says, I'll respond on mine. But I need you to respond first. Come on, I need you to take it in prayer to me. I know you may be heavy. I know you may be hurting. I know you may be struggling. But I have something for you. If you'll just get yourself up and you'll pray. If you'll get yourself up and worship. If you'll get yourself up and seek after me. Come on, the first step's the hardest. The first words that you mutter as you kneel down to pray at an altar are the hardest. But man, once you begin to pour out, once you begin to lift some things up, once you begin to let go of some things, say, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't carry these bags anymore. I can't carry this weight anymore. I could imagine the wailing and everything that was going on for those four guys, understanding the magnitude of it all. God, here it is. We're going to place it at your feet, and we're just going to pray. We're going to place it at your feet, and we're just going to worship you. Things begin to change. Things begin to change when we let God be God. They didn't keep and say, hey, guys, let's talk about this for a few minutes. What could we tell the king that will make him happy? Let's come up with our own answer. Let's come up with our own solution. No, God's in control. God's in control. God's going to take care of this. God's going to be the person that gets this result. John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Do you believe it right now? When difficult situations come up, when things get tough, whatsoever we ask in his name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Come on, you just have to have enough boldness. You just need enough faith right now to speak it into existence. You just have to have a little bit of faith right now to say, God, I'm taking it to you. I know you're in control. I know you're the author and the finisher of my faith. I know you have everything under control. God, I just need enough faith to take it before your presence. Come on, do you believe right now if you take something before God in this very moment that God's going to respond the way you need to respond? Oh, God, I trust you right now. God, I believe you right now. You're going to come through, God. Come on, right now. You don't have to wait for an altar call. You don't have to wait until you're in a church service. Where you're sitting right now, if you feel an unction, God, I'm going to take it to you right now. God can meet you in your seat. God can meet you in your pew. 
Whatever you ask, God says, I'm going to respond. Whatever you need, I'm going to take care of you. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Daniel chapter 2, verse 28. He brings a message to Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar says, oh my goodness, your God's above every God. Your God's above every king. Your God's above every ruler. You just revealed something to me in this moment. Why? Because Daniel said, I have enough faith. I'm going to go before the king because my king's greater than that king. He says, there's a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. There's a God in heaven that revealeth secrets, things that you do not understand, things that you cannot wrap your mind around, things that you cannot grasp as a human being. But there is a God in heaven that says, I have it all. He says, listen, there's, there's a way out. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8, I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. Nebuchadnezzar, I'm serving you notice right now that there are some things that have to fall. The one true God has your attention right now. You better listen and you better respond. Come on, does God have your attention right now? Is God tapping on your shoulder saying, hey, I need your attention. I need you to look at me. I need you to trust in me right now. The reason that we can trust God, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 through 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We'll close our eyes all across this place right now. We're trying to come up with solutions that we cannot fathom. We try to come up with direction that we cannot fathom. There are some things that are only known to God. And we've got to trust that God's going to take care of them. Come on, do you trust Him right now to give those things to Him? Do you trust right now the things that you're like, God, I don't have an answer for? The things that you're battling at night? The things that's keeping you awake? The things that are fighting in your family? Are you willing to hand those over to God? And say, God, you're in control of it all. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We all know that all things work together for good to them that love God. I said, all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. He says, as long as your purpose lines up with my purpose, everything's going to be all right. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I said, as long as you're under my umbrella, as long as you stay in my will, everything's going to be all right. The thing that you're going through right now, God said, it's all going to work together. I said, it's all going to work out. Come on, you're worrying about it. You're stressing about it right now. And God says, I got it all under control, honey. Won't you begin to let me take care of it? Won't you begin to let me give you relaxation? Won't you let me take care of it? Won't Won't you let me give you peace? Full sand all across this place. Come on, God's come today to lift some things off of you. God's come today to show you that He's in ultimate control. He says, if you'll trust me right now, I'll take care of it. Come on, begin to pray right now. God, I trust you. You said that all things work together for good to them that love Him. All things are going to work together, God. 
I don't understand how it's going to fit in this puzzle. I don't understand how we're going to come up with a solution. I don't know how we're going to resolve this, God. But you said if I stay in your will, if I stay in your purpose, God, everything's going to be all right. Come on, let your voice be lifted up. The first few words are the hardest right now. If you're having trouble praying right now, the first few words are the hardest. Come on, I, I dare you to lift up your voice right now. The 